Welcome. It's Super Bowl preview time here on the Arrowhead Attic channel. I'm Adam Best, rocking a mustache thanks to losing a bet to this guy, Sterling Holmes. Pro uh, producer Richard is with us, hopefully to keep us on track. How you doing, buddy? I, I can't believe I'm talking to Tom Selleck right now. I am just <laughs> such a big fan. Loved all your stuff you did in uh, in the show Friends. Um, Magnum PI. Massive. Dude, that thing is thick. Those follicles. I don't understand. Your beard wasn't even that thick. Did you Brian Wilson dye that thing? Spray paint? <laughs> no. It's, uh, I went for the Sam Elliott, actually, you know, tombstone, uh, you know, kind of the cowboy look. But, yeah, uh, it's it's working, man. Um, you are every single guy who goes to a dive bar out in like south southwestern Colorado. Like if you rode a rode a horse to the bar, I would be um, not surprised at all. From down on the Ponderosa. <laughs> well, anyway, we've got a great show today. By the time it's over, our guests will make sure you're an expert on the 49ers. Maybe you'll even want to make a wager or two. And if you do, we've got a deal for you. Oh boy, do we. DraftKings is offering a fantastic sign-up bonus ahead of the Super Bowl. You can place a $5 first bet on anything to instantly claim $200 in bonus bets. You will also be rewarded with a separate no-sweat single-game parlay every single day when you opt in. The best part is that you'll receive both rewards even if that first bet loses. When you join DraftKings, make sure to sign up with our code Arrowhead. Using our code Arrowhead not only gets you these great bonuses, but also directly supports our podcast. So if you've been considering signing up for DraftKings, make sure to use the code Arrowhead or Arrowhead to maximize your first bets and parlays. This offer is only available to new customers who are 21 plus and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly and check the episode description for the full terms of the offer to see if you qualify. One more thing to ask you before we jump in with our guest. Did you see the shirtless Patrick Mahomes that has the uh, the internet a buzz? Um, yeah, me and him are just so much alike. We both have a nice little beer gut. I mean, you might not like it, but that is what peak male performance looks like. Yeah, I am uh, 45 years old and I have the same body as the uh, greatest quarterback to ever live. So I, I can I can live with it. If we're calling that dad bod, I can I can live with it now. Yeah. I can live with it. Let's bring on our guest, Peter Panacee of Niner Noise. Peter, welcome to the show. How are you? Doing good. Thank you so much for having me. Got to be excited about the game. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, grudge match from the end of the 2019 season. Uh, you have two marquee franchises, and I think this is probably what the nfl wanted in a lot of ways so uh yeah it'll be uh it'll be a fun super bowl for sure i love to hear that because i don't know if the last time we met in the super bowl the chiefs would have been considered a marquee franchise but we've kind of risen to that level i think uh we have 10 burning questions for you that's you operating the flamethrower isn't it are you better sweet ass it was yeah Let's dive right in. So both rosters have changed significantly since early 2020 when the two teams last met. What are your initial impressions of this Super Bowl rematch? So from a Chiefs vantage point, and I know in 2019, the defense had been upgraded a lot in comparison to the previous year, but it's almost as if 
in some ways, the roles have reversed a little. Um, you know, 2019 for the 49ers, the defense carried the offense. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo is not putting that offense on his shoulders. Um, now, at least in the playoffs for the 49ers, the offense is kind of carrying the defense. You know, and that's kind of weird to think. I mean, the Niners defense has plenty of playmakers. And then you look at what the Chiefs have been able to do defensively just down the stretch. I mean, it's a top three unit anyway from the regular season. But then I think, what is it, like 16 points allowed per game in the playoffs now? I mean, it's insane. So um, whereas the offense, you know, Patrick Mahomes is there, Kelsey. But it, the offense has taken a slight step back from then what it was in 2019. So that way it's kind of a little bit of a role reversal but that makes it a more intriguing storyline. It's not just the same regurgitated stuff that you saw back um, back four years ago. So that to me has kind of been the big difference in between the two teams is that, you know, it's kind of the other side picking up the other half of the ball for both teams. How many guys are still the Niners, right? You have Bosa, obviously, uh, Fred Warner, obviously, um, but there's not a ton of holdovers. Uh, you know, it was, it was Eric Armstead, Kittle. Uh, Kittle, obviously, Eric Armstead, I think, think Debo Samuel came the year after? No, Debo uh, was, Samuel. That was his rookie year. That was yeah. his rookie year. Ayuk came the year after. Was that what it was? Yeah, Ayuk was 2020. Um, you know, Juszczyk, Kyle Juszczyk was there. Uh, the offensive line's been completely redone. Um, defensive line, you know, Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead are both still there. Fred Warner, uh, of course, as well. Uh, the secondary is completely, you know, remade. Uh, so that's a lot of new faces, but at the same time, you know, the people who've, you know, the names who were there last time, you know, there, there's still some of the, the, the star talents that uh, have been part of the 49ers for a while now. Well, let's talk about George Kittle for a second here, because I know fans here in Kansas City, we're sick and tired of hearing 31 other fan bases talk about George Kittle's blocking ability. But let's be real now. He is a phenomenal blocking tight end. You saw what he did to Aiden Hutchinson last week. I mean, what does he bring to the table, not just as a receiver, but also in how he opens up the run game for San Fran? He's vital in that regard. Um <laughs> I looked at this, I think, for last year. I haven't paid attention to it this year, but like it, the um, the expected run plays per carry when he's blocking on that side, right? And it was – I'm trying to remember what I knew about it a year ago. <laughs> Put me on the spot with that one. Uh, either way, he's obviously opening up lanes that are so much bigger. It's like running behind Trent Williams on the other side. It's going to work, you know, and so that's what he does. Um, and – him going up against some of the best you know, defensive ends and edge setters in the league, regardless of who they are. Uh, it's vital to have him doing that, you know, and that was his strength in college. Um, he wasn't known as much of a pass catcher, uh, why he fell out of the fifth round. But anyway, um, it's vital for, to, for him to go out there. And then in the fact that he is, you know, a good route runner and a great receiving option, that's why he's on the field all the time. And he does help this kind of, you know, the, the, the scheme behind the scheme where there's some tight ends who are really good blockers. And so, you know, if they're on the field gate, it's, 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 it's a run play, right. Or, Hey, he's just a pass catcher. He doesn't block anything. Um, okay. It's probably, you know, a, a pass option. In his case, Kittle is both you know, easily. So you're not going to really hide from anything in that regard. So plus he's, uh, he's definitely a motivator. He's definitely someone who <laughs> will pump up the rest of his, uh, his teammates at any time. So he did that. During the NFC Championship game, I don't know if you've seen that clip, but he's going around telling everybody, he says, like, we had him in the first half, or they had us in the first half. I'm not going to lie. And he's telling Brock Purdy this. Great stuff. 
Go check it out. Yeah, there was another clip of him from the previous Super Bowl where the two teams faced off where he said, I guarantee we'll be back. And I, I guess he wasn't lying. Let's look at the the Chiefs defense now and that matchup between Steve Spagnolo, who is on an all-time heater, and Kyle Shanahan, who, along with Andy Reid, is arguably the best play caller in the league offensively. How does Shanahan protect young Brock Purdy from Spags, who we know likes to feast on young, inexperienced quarterbacks who haven't faced him? It's tough, and this is how if I, I'm glad I don't call offensive game plans because uh, Brock Purdy this year has been really good against the blitz. You know, you saw um, Link Martindale's Giants try to blitz the heck out of Brock Purdy early in the season. He's shooting up. You usually don't see that from a young quarterback. Nick Spagnuolo is going to know that. You know, um, the 49ers' offensive line, especially on the right side, is weak. Um, so expect a lot of pressure on that side. Chris Jones, whatever. Uh, just that's 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 going to be the weak link. Uh, there's going to be some protection over on that side. Uh, probably a few rollouts in that regard. But I think also maybe just letting Purdy scramble a little bit. We saw that in the NFC Championship game. Hey, improvise. You know, again, it's not a Jimmy Garoppolo. This is what you do. Don't not vary. You know, um, they're going to let him vary a little bit with with um, with his abilities as a scrambler. And I think that might be a really actually good way to protect him. It'll be smart, but don't. You know, don't be afraid to go pick up those 10 yards if the pocket's collapsing. And, and uh, you know, it, it, Spagnuolo has a, it just had to face that with Lamar Jackson last week. And that, you know, <laughs> didn't go well for Baltimore. Uh, but it always remains an X factor. If a quarterback can move with his legs, it doesn't have to be, you know, picking up 100 rush yards a game. But I think that might be, you know, something to watch here. What are your views on Brock Purdy in general, right? All, all these analytics point to him being this elite quarterback. But then when you look at the eye test, uh, I think it paints a little different picture. I don't think Brock Purdy's a bad quarterback. I always laugh and say it's like Dave Matthews band, right? If you ask someone what their thoughts are in Dave Matthews band, it's either they're incredible, they're the greatest, or it's like they're horrendous. There's never this in between. Yet here I am stuck in the middle when it comes to Brock Purdy. I think he's a good quarterback, but he's, in my opinion, not in the same ilk as Joe Burrow. Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson. But what are your thoughts overall on Brock Purdy? Is he a game changer? Is he someone, again, they did it against the Lions, but they had to get a lot of help from the Lions to come back in that game. Is he the kind of guy that when the when the, when the Niners get down, that you can trust him to bring you back? Yeah, I, I'll say yes. And I'm going to say this in, 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 a, in a way because I'll look at what 49er fans were used to previously. Um, and he was a quarterback who was in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs last time. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo did a lot of good stuff for the 49ers over the years. Um, good, you know, lived between the numbers, never touched the sidelines, hardly threw it beyond 10, 15 yards beyond the line of scrimmage. Didn't scramble. Um, everybody said, Oh, he won a lot of games. Well, that, that was the opinion, that was the, the epitome of like, Hey, you got a great defense, you got a strong running game. Raheem Mostert was here at the time, you know. Um, Brock Purdy does a lot more than that. A lot, lot more. Um, I, I wouldn't put him in a category of, you know, Lamar, or Mahomes, or Josh Allen. Give me a few more seasons. <laughs> you know, give me a little bit more. But from what you've seen up to this point, I do think those last two playoff games when the Niners are down, and yeah, Detroit started to implode a bit. 
Uh, but some of those last game, last drives, you know, against Detroit, against Green Bay the week before, you know, it's in the rain and it's all, you know, he didn't have the best grip on a football during the rain. I don't know any quarterback that likes playing in the rain. So join the club. Uh, that last drive was clutch against Green Bay. Some of the plays that he made, you know, that one play him rolling left and then finding Kyle Juszczyk, you know, tiptoe on the sideline catch and then go over like that. That was clutch. And there, there are things that having seen Jimmy Garoppolo for years on a weekly basis, um, and then you see what Brock Purdy is capable of doing, you know, throwing, challenging downfield, you know, whereas Garoppolo never did that. If he did, it never looked, looked good. Um I think you can say that he's a game changer. I wouldn't put him in the category of like, oh yeah, he's absolutely, you know, a top three quarterback in the league. MVP chatter would have been cool, but um, why don't we leave it at that? Hey, he was in the MVP discussion because he had a great year. You know, maybe not as far as talent in that upper echelon, but leave it at that. And then hopefully that's something that he just keeps repeating year after year after year. Because Fortnite has been searching for a long-term quarterback for a long time now. So it would be nice to just have that. Hey, and I was a dumbass who thought Trey Lynch was going to be the guy. But uh, we all yeah. did. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> a lot of us did. Uh, Ambry Thomas has been PFF's worst graded corner of the playoffs. Is he the weakest link on this 49ers defense? Yeah, I would have to say so. Um, and it's frustrating, too, because there's moments when he's on – he can be really on. Um, but it's just, you know, the one thing that you get from a cornerback, one thing you want is consistency. They're going to, you know, every cornerback's going to give up big plays, but gosh, there are times where just play the ball. <laughs> like pass interference left and right, that sort of thing. Um, one of the things Steve Wilkes, defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes, mentioned that he will do, and they have done it on that side of the ball, is change the defensive alignments within the secondary, depending on matchups. Um, Diamador Lenore was drafted in the same year as, uh, Thomas has kind of bumped inside to, to nickel has done a good job there. And then Charvarius Ward chiefs fans know him well has been outstanding. Um, and so there's other pieces that can kind of mix in. Logan Ryan is now wearing a Niners uniform, brings playoff experience. Um, so he's someone that can maybe, you know, take over slot duties if necessary to move Lenore out and get Thomas back into a strict reserve role. Uh, but yeah, if I was Andy Reid, I would be looking Ambry Thomas's way. And you've seen that in the playoffs. You've seen teams go after Ambry Thomas a lot. So unless he gets a lot of help over the top or something like that, or a linebacker underneath, uh, that's what I would do if I was Casey. I will say the issue is <laughs> Chiefs only have one real good wide receiver. Rasheed Rice, and you're probably going to see a heavy dose of Traverius Ward. I don't know if you know if Ward would travel at all with uh, Rasheed Rice, but the issue is, okay, yeah, Ambry Thomas ain't great, but you look on the other side for Casey receiver-wise, it's a battle of who can finally make a play here. Yeah, but there, there's NVS who's way down here, and then there's playoff NVS who, who <laughs> somehow turns into a different human being as soon as a certain date on the calendar hits, I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense that he falls apart in the regular season and he suddenly clutch when the pressure is is more immense, but that's how it's been with him. Uh, Travis Kelsey, moving to his fellow pass catcher, put up a monster game last Sunday, 11 for 116, good for a staggering 2.97 yards per out run. 34, maybe slow down a little bit, but he just has a feel 
for the the field and getting open and a rapport with his quarterback that is almost otherworldly. How do the Niners slow him down? Uh, serious answer or funny answer? It's a funny answer is call up Taylor and say, hey, you guys go out the night before, have a fun night, stay out till six in the morning. Um, really answer though, I'm super intrigued by this matchup. Um, Dre Greenlaw and or Fred Warner in coverage on Travis Kelsey, at least on the underneath, underneath. You got two of the best coverage linebackers in the game on the best, I'll have to say this, best pass catching tight end of the game. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's a fun matchup. That's one of those ones where you say, hey, this is a football fan. Watch that. That's going to be cool to see. Um, but yeah, yeah, Greenlaw and Warner on them. Um, Niners do have a rookie safety in Jair Brown who's been really, really good. He's taken place for Talanoa Hufanga, the All-Pro, who's out for the year with an ACL tear. Uh, Tashawn Gibson, who's on the opposite end of his career as a veteran. Um, he's another safety who might be able to watch out. He actually caused that fumble against Detroit that also <laughs> you know, led to the big turning point in that game. But um, yeah, for me, it's the linebackers. You know, it's going to be fun to watch. Related question here. Last week with the Ravens, I think, you know, if we look at the Kansas City Chiefs, Chiefs as a uh, TV show, they've seen the first five seasons, but it's like they skipped season six and they didn't know that this uh, finesse team was now kind of a gritty team. And they came out and tried to rough up the Chiefs. They were dirty. They were physical. And I thought the Chiefs kind of baited them into that, kept their composure, used their experience to be the mistake-free football team. Do you think the 49ers will, will kind of implement a similar game plan and try to rough up the Chiefs and see if that works? Or do you think they have a little bit more experience in the playoffs than the 49ers had and, and will kind of be uh, a little bit more composed and, and just, you know, I guess, try to use scheme to slow them down? I think it's going to be more of a scheme thing. I think it's going to be more scheme. I think Kyle Shanahan's brain thinks that way, right? If this was back during the Jim Harbaugh years, then yes, it would be gut punch after gut punch after gut punch like the entire way. But um, Shanahan's a scheme guy. Um, You know, we've seen a lot of players change over the years, right? But like the core guys are still the same and they've been here, you know, I mean, three NFC championship games in a row, right. Four in five years with a lot of the same core players. Um, they know what kind of mistakes that Baltimore made, right. (laughs) Like they know how devastating those things can be. And, um, you know, I think some of, I mentioned earlier, George Kittle, his leadership Niners are down big, you know, but, Everybody talking about it post game, saying what was the message in the locker room? What were the adjustments? And I was like, everybody was cool, calm, and collected, right? Like we've been here before. We've seen teams come back, and we've come back in, you know, in other types of situations. Like we know what we need to do. So I think it's going to be much more disciplined um, than what you saw from Baltimore. That was, you know, I mean, the Ravens typically have they've gotten to the dance, but they haven't really gotten too far, and that's that's their issue. But uh, for 49ers, they've been deep. A lot of times now, and a lot of that core group is known what it's like, and can know what costs it too. If you if uh, if you're not disciplined like that, yeah, a hundred percent agree, man. I kept saying the Niners are not the Ravens. The Ravens tried to prove that they were tough by being fake tough. Zay Flowers doing that is fake tough. He's trying to let you know that I hey I I deserve to be here. No, no, you make the catch. And by the way, you got caught by the Jerry's and the ball punched out. The Niners won't do that. The Niners won't take cheap shots that will risk them being a fifteen yard penalty. 
The Niners are well coached and they know what it means. Like you mentioned, they did not panic when they got down three scores. They stuck to the game plan. The Ravens panicked. They got down two scores and it was, oh my gosh, we can no longer hand the ball up to our running backs. We have to throw, throw, throw. As we found out, that truly does not work against the Kansas City secondary. The Niners, again, they've been here. They're well coached. They understand the situation here. They won't beat themselves. Um, I will point out as well, on paper, Nick Bosa has a massive advantage going up against either Donovan Smith or Juwan Taylor. I will point out, both those guys have been great come postseason time. They are playing their best football. What do you think Nick Bosa does in this game? Because last time around, Andy Reid really schemed him out. I remember Bosa getting pissed off. He was not happy. Um, a lot of those end rounds running at him, running away from him. How do you think Bosa affects this game? This is where if if I'm the 49ers, I'm looking for Chase Young to have his big game. So Nick Bosa could be – Niner fans would get this. A number of years ago, about 10 years ago, uh, Justin Smith and Alden Smith are on the same defensive line. Justin Smith was clearly the better player. I mean, Alden Smith put up the numbers, right? Nobody doubts that. But Justin Smith was the guy locking up, um, you know, like two, sometimes three blockers. Nick Bosa might have to be that guy. You know, he might have to be that, I'm going to call it a decoy, but just he's not going to get the numbers. He's just going to command the attention. So it's at least as far as your edge rushing edge rushing presence is concerned. Um, this might be a Chase Young game. And, uh, and obviously, you look at the interior of the 49ers defensive line with Eric Armstead and Javon Hargrave, they're going to have to do their bit too. But I don't know if you're going to see Bosa pick up the sack or quarterback hits or pressure numbers like he might otherwise. Um, what does Chase Young do? That's it. The 49ers traded for him. Yeah. You know, this would be a, be a good time to make a big impact. And, you know, it's been kind of disappointing up to this point, but the talent's there. So we'll see. Yeah, the word on the street about him, and I take this with a grain of salt because people say the same thing about Chris Jones. And, and you know, you don't really know what's going on. Is he taking a double? Is he, um, you know, trying to contain the, the quarterback and all that? But Chase Young maybe has been dogging it a little bit. That's kind of what I've heard. Hasn't always given maximum effort. Is there any truth to that? There's one play. <laughs> if you go see it on a, on a, I think it was a Jamar Gibbs touchdown. Um, you see number 92, just, and the motor's not there. Uh, I'm sure Chris Kosarek, Niners D-line coach, probably had a few words. Um, but that was one of his scouting reports coming out of college, that the motor wasn't always 100%. So um, he's a free agent this season, Chase Young. You want to try to get a bag, you know, have a big game in the Super Bowl. You know, that Everyone's watching that, you know, so go do it now if you're going to do it at any time. And that will erase a lot of those questions about, hey, not necessarily giving 100% effort every single play previously coming into it. Let's stick with defense here. Both of these defenses are vulnerable to the run. Uh, and we know the 49ers offense can pound the rock. Christian McCaffrey is going to get his. But can the 49ers defense stop Isaiah Pacheco, who's really coming into his own? He's not the kind of guy you want to tackle this time of year. What do you think uh, about that matchup? So... After seeing what Detroit did, <laughs> Detroit kind of pulled the 49ers of... 2019 in the Super Bowl or, or 2020, but uh, where Detroit said, Hey, we're going to go away from the run, even though it's still a close game. The Niners were 
having all kinds of problems with David Montgomery, even though it was a pretty healthy, um, you know, healthy crop and everything like that of, of you know, Niners defenders. But uh, interior runs can be a problem. Uh, if you see Chase Young out on the field, you know, run against him. He can't set the edge. He just keeps biting too far down. Uh, that's, those are the schematic problems, you know? Um, and it's just like, you know, like Dave Montgomery was doing this for the Lions, just just five yards of carry, six yards of carry, just boom, 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 boom. Um, you know, Andy Reed could call a game plan like that where, you know, Hey, Mahomes throw it 15 times. Let's just run the ball. And by golly, that'd be a great game plan. It's just it's a marquee player taking them out of the game. Do you do that? You don't, but like you could do that and it would work in theory because the Niners have been so vulnerable against it, especially on the inside and especially on young side. So uh, that's an X factor. It's something that's very, very, very provocative. And we've seen both the Packers and the Lions gouge San Francisco's defense on the ground. And so what's going to change about that? I don't know. I'm ripping the over on Clyde Edwards Lair rush yards. Guaranteed, baby. Give me the over. <laughs> He's not exactly Aaron Jones, who is really gashing that line. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll take him getting the over in uh, relief of Pacheco. Um, as far as San Fran's running game, how would they utilize Christian McCaffrey, especially as a as a receiver? Uh, McCaffrey obviously is so well rounded, and I'll throw in another uh, equation here, another guy to the equation. That's Debo Samuel out of the backfield. He is so difficult to bring down. Tree trunks for legs. It seems like everyone just bounces off him. If you're the first tackler, how are those guys going to be utilized out of the backfield? In the ways you don't think they are, <laughs> you know that's 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 kind of how it looks. It's a, uh, you know, you see, this is the genius of the Kyle Shanahan offense. They can take one formation and run ten different plays out of it, right? And it's like, okay, you know, there, there's there's McCaffrey running routes out of the slot, and there's Debo in the backfield taking an inside handoff and you know running it for eight yards or ten yards. Um, they're, they're mismatch nightmares. You know, that's kind of the way to go about it. And it's one of the reasons why you've seen the 49ers offense struggle a little bit when Debo gets hurt. You know, there's certain plays that all of a sudden, you, even if he's not the number one, two or three guy, um, where Debo's out. And so now it's like, all right, well, what do you do next? And how do you adjust? Um, it might be like two or three plays that you might see Debo wind up carrying something not going to be frequently used like that but in key moments McCaffrey is probably going to be more of a receiving option than Debo would be a rushing option uh just because McCaffrey is such an elite route runner and he's also a great rusher and uh you know it's a little bit a little bit more durable than Debo at least in recent years especially with Samuel having a bit of a shoulder problem that's my prediction on it but yeah I I wouldn't be want, want to be Steve Spagnuolo in that case that'd be a that'd be a headache to figure out yeah, the Chiefs fan in me is sort of terrified about Shanahan and him thinking about the Super Bowl all year long. What does he put on tape? What does he have set up? What are the aces up his sleeve? But the guy on the other side of the field, Andy Reid, you know he's doing some of the same thing. So it'll be interesting to see what rabbits they pull out of their hats and what kind of wild formations and trick plays they do and, and unexpected wrinkles they throw into their offensive playbooks 
the general football fan in me, that's like, you know, Nirvana, right? Yeah. It's what you want to watch. <laughs> you want to see the chess matches here. And it's literally like, I mean, few teams in the league have weapons like that, right? I mean, just, just, you don't see too many teams have that. Arguably fewer teams have head coaches who know how to utilize that sort of thing, right? And do it well and do it like at the right time at the right moment. So, I mean, from the fan point of view, it's like, this is awesome. Like, this is exactly what I want to see in a Super Bowl. Um, so yeah, no, it'll be fun. That'll be, that'll be one of those other talking points during the game. Two best coaches in the league for my money. You spoke about Fred Warner earlier. Uh, another best in the league. I think he's the best linebacker in the league. What are some of the traits that make him so special? Instinct. Instinct. You know, uh, you don't think of the 49ers as a linebacker team, um, but kind of gotten spoiled with it over the last, you know, 10, 15 years with Patrick Willis, Navarro Bowman, and, and then Bowman's on his way out. And then in comes Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, you know, is, is a very, very, you know, underrated player, uh, but it's instinct. You know, you you look at where he is on the field, and you know it, the Niners can run a lot. They don't do it all the time, but when they do it, it's effective. Uh, they can run like a Tampa two defense. You see Warner just going straight back to that center, you know, the field, and 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 that's his spot. You know, one of the, I think one of the best ways to to keep an elite defense elite is if that you are not giving up that center of the field 10 to 15 yards you know behind the line of scrimmage and he does that as good as anybody but at the same time he's always around the line of scrimmage too uh, he's healthy which is also a bonus not made of glass um but yeah if you looked at a number one trade it's just instinct that's it's it's you know, really I been imp- impressive how great he's been because I think over the last 10 years or so, there's been this gradual decay to the linebacker position. I don't know if it's RPOs, you know, things getting more spread out, more motion, shiftier, smaller players. It's been really hard to be a dominant linebacker in this league, but he's one of them. So I've been very impressed with his play. Yeah. Yeah. And you think of the hybrid type of linebackers, right. Who can cover, you know, old school throwback linebackers are just like, Hey, you go up and tackle, you know, that's just, you're just converging to the line of scrimmage. That's what you're doing. Uh, Warner is one of the best coverage guys in the game, you know, and uh, you know, he's had, had some issues with tackling this year. Um, so if you want to be like, hmm, keep an eye on that, that's fine. Um, but not yeah. what you want against Pacheco, really? Not really, not really. But then again, it's Fred Warner. <laughs> like he might miss a tackle and then, you know, next play, he punches the ball loose for a for a forced fumble, and you're like, "Oh, wait, you missed a tackle? Oh, wait, oh." But yeah, no, it's he's an all pro for a reason. All right, now Steve Wilkes is in his first year as DC in San Fran. How is he going to handle the playoff wizardry that is Patrick Mahomes? I will also point out, not a huge fan of Steve Wilkes as a. Uh, Mizzou alum right here. He did not do a good job there. Congratulations to him in the NFL. If he does a great game plan against Kansas City, I will be doubly pissed. Uh, That guy was a train wreck at Mizzou. And of course, he goes back to the NFL. And what does he do? He becomes phenomenal yet again. Yeah, it's interesting how to say this because there are stretches of the season when... Wilkes was not exactly a popular name. And you think of the talent levels that the 49ers have, and the defense was playing below what the talent levels were. Um, 
I think he might have just pointed it out, though. Um, he's been around. He's experienced. There's not going to be anything that's going to really surprise him. Uh, the first half of the season was a lot of figuring out what you've got, matching your coverages with your you know, your pass rushes. Uh, that's difficult for any coordinator until you're really familiar with your own players. Um, nothing's going to be too surprising. Now, granted, it's always a chess match, and the Niners' defense has been giving up more points. I've uh, been getting gouged, especially early in games um, these last two weeks. Uh, so what changes there? I don't know. Um, but I don't think anything is going to be necessarily – over his head. Um, obviously, if I had my choice, I would probably go back defensive coordinators to either Robert Sala or D'Amico Ryans, but they're off doing head coaching things now. Uh, but Steve Wilkes has been fine. Uh, you, know, you know, he hasn't seen any, nothing's going to be new to him. He's not overwhelmed by the moment. So I think that's a bonus. How well of a game he calls here, we'll see. That's an interesting point to bring up because there has been a bit of a brain drain in San Francisco with these, you know, assistant coaches defecting McDaniel and the two you mentioned, uh, Bobby Sloak as well, right? I believe. And uh, the way I look at it is basically Spagnolo versus Spags versus Shanahan. That's almost a stalemate, right? Uh, but I think maybe Andy Reid and all his experience has the advantage over Steve Wilkes. What do you think about that matchup? I take Andy Reid all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's that's. So is there that, a bigger discrepancy there yeah. between Shanahan yeah. and, and Spags? You think? Yeah, there's a bigger discrepancy there. Um, you know, I'd say probably. I don't know how to quantify it, but I mean, it's it, where I could say, all right, you know, like, like Shanahan, Spagnuolo, okay. All right, you know, give me a, a pass on those. But yeah, it would definitely be an Andy Reid fan over a Wilkes fan. Ain't nobody I, taking Steve Wilkes. Ain't nobody give me Steve Wilkes. But 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 you know, you think about the playmakers on the 49ers defense, right? I mean there's all pros. <laughs> you know, I mean at, at at every level, all pro. I mean, Chiefs defense has been able to do that too. So it's like okay, great, but um, you know, as we've seen, just the names, it's you know, the Niners roster on defense is almost like an all-star team, you know, in so many ways, uh, secondary, you know, quarterback depth, a little questionable, but I mean, it's that front seven was built to be elite and the Niners invested a lot into it. And, you know, Wilkes said at the beginning of the season, he's like, I don't think I've ever coached a, a group like this before, you know, that's as talented. So it's a little weird because Traverius Ward, all pro, he's been great all season long. You look at, again, some of the names defensively, as you've mentioned, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, they got some some horses, some dogs in the in, in the back part. But then you look up, up front and they get so much pressure and yet they're susceptible to the run and they're susceptible to the pass. I, I, I'm trying to understand the disconnect. It was almost like the same thing with the Eagles this year, right? The Eagles didn't lose a lot of guys. In fact, they gained some dudes. But then all of a sudden, the Eagles defensively took a massive step back. Is part of it not just Steve Wilkes, but just guys getting a year older, maybe a step slower? Or is that maybe, again, when you lose that much, as best put it, brain trust in the past few seasons, it's going to be difficult to adjust to a new scheme? 
sort of and i think there's a there's a valid point in here so robert sala and D'Amico ryan's were both linebacker guys i mean D'Amico ryan's was a linebacker <laughs> you know so they were linebacker guys front seven guys um steve wilkes is a secondary guy defensive backs niners this year tied the league lead for interceptions a little further down on the sack department didn't get as many there uh, a little bit more of a bend but don't break defense that picked off the ball and was opportunistic as opposed to you're not advancing to midfield every drive that we've seen from the 49ers in previous years. And you just hope that the offense on the flip side could just sustain drives long enough so that the Niners defense wouldn't tire out. Um, I think that plays a little bit of a role. And what's happened these previous two um, postseason games for San Francisco is that we've seen opponents, you know, we saw Green Bay do it. We saw the Lions do it. get into the end zone early, right? They got in, they, they, they look methodical on these drives. That's going to happen in the playoffs, right? They're facing the best teams out there, right? That's fine. The interesting part, though, in both those games is that the 49ers defense got better in the second half. You know, and, and you look at like uh, Jordan Love, for example, um, in, in the Packers game. Overall, his numbers were good. You know, he had a good game. Um, through two bad picks, but you look at his splits, you look at his second half splits, they were terrible. They were awful. You know, and, and then you look at Jared Goff's splits in the second half. They were not good. You know, um, the running game for Detroit wasn't great in the second half either. So it's just like, I, I, you know, I, I don't know how that happens, but everybody says in-game adjustments. I think that's kind of an overused term. Uh, but at the same time, like you can say, the 49ers picked it up when they needed to. So that's an X factor here. And I don't know if that's Steve Wilkes saying, ha ha, let me show you, you know, a little, you know, strategy on defense. I don't know, but it's just an interesting thing to look at. Go back and look at those two games and what both the Packers and Lions did in the second half um, and how the, de- the defense for San Francisco seemed to just get better. And, you know, maybe momentum was on their side. Heck, probably. <laughs> Momentum's a real thing, so. Yeah, and a little bit of it is uh, what's happened with the Chiefs. They just know how to win at this point. And I think the 49ers have a lot of veterans, a lot of very talented players. They, they've kind of kept their nucleus together for a while now. They just knew how to win these games. You saw that Jordan Love and and sort of the young, scrappy Lions just couldn't seal the deal. The Lions in particular, they felt like a, like an MMA fighter who like punched themselves out in the in the you know the first round or something and just had an adrenaline dump and and when things started going wrong i was just like they are they are absolutely cooked because it, it was just apparent that they had no clue how to close that game yeah you could see the implosion on that and that's you know that's kind of what make what, what what makes this so much more of an intriguing matchup um you know the, the packers weren't supposed to be there they're the red hot team um the lions kind of their first trip into this whole dance, you know, not playing with house money per se, but like, Oh, Hey, <laughs> Detroit, in the postseason. What is this? This is cute. Um, no offense. Lions fans. Um, Kansas city, San Francisco, you have two teams that are perennial playoff, not contenders, but just always in it, you know, um, perennial Super Bowl contenders with, core players on both sides who have been here time and time and time again. And so that's, I wouldn't say it's so much of an X factor because it's not, it's just, it's 
offset, you know, both teams know what these pressure pack games are like. Um, who's going to blink first? Well, give us your prediction on that. It's prediction time and then we'll get out of here. It's early, so we're not going to hold you to it. But today, if I'm you had to pick. You to it. I am holding you to it. I will tweet at you. I will send you mail if you're wrong. Even if I will keep the receipts. <laughs> so here's the funny thing. And I always tell people this. So I, I'm, I'm older now. I've been doing sports coverage in one regard or another for well over 10 years now. And the fan portion of me has kind of slipped into just like, okay, like Niners last Super Bowl loss to the Chiefs. I was over it by the next morning. So people are like, oh, you're not a fan then. I'm like, no, it's just, I can go mow the lawn, you know, got to take care of the family. Like, it's okay. I'll be fine. Uh, this go around, I feel different about it, but I would probably say if I had to just make a pick, I can't pick the Chiefs because I'm a Niners guy. Otherwise, I just I I, I can't. Um, you can. No, we'll allow it. No, we won't tell anybody. We'll keep okay. it. Okay. <laughs> secret. Next thing you know, I'm going to hear it from oh everybody at Arrowhead Addicts going, "Hey, guess what? Peter just said." It'd be an article about it over there. I'd have to link back to it. Um, just because I say this sort of stuff is is for fun, I'm going to go. <sighs> 35-31 49ers in a shootout where it's a low-scoring game until probably midway through the third, and then the wheels fall off defenses and you're just watching a back-and-forth affair. With that, it's probably going to be a 17-10. to 10. <laughs> Sorry, it was, a, it was a crack pipe. Uh, I, I, yeah. just couldn't, I couldn't believe if you want to hit. I thought that's what you're doing because Brock Purdy outdueling Mahomes in a shootout. I mean – yeah yeah hey you know uh, that's uh, he beat tom brady in his first nfl start <laughs> i mean just throw something out that doesn't make sense and there you go <laughs> he, he does well, have maybe the greatest arsenal of skill player weapons that i've ever seen and probably the best left tackle in the national football league and a top three play caller at worst so he is in a setup for fireworks it's just our is there so much talent on these defenses that that could even be a possibility? I, I guess we'll have to see. Yeah, that's what I'm just thinking. It's like if, if the wheels fall off both defenses and you're seeing both sides, then it's like, oh, okay. Defenses are getting tired now. You know, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It, I uh, I hate making predictions just because I'm always wrong. Um, <laughs> but. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I'd laugh and say I'd probably wind up knowing that I said a high-scoring game with, what was that, a 66 <laughs> combined score. I think we're taking the over. Um, yeah, it'll probably be like 17 to 10. Well, Peter, we thank you for joining us. Peter is over at Niner Noise, our sister site. Be sure to check that out, and I'm sure we'll talk to you again soon. Uh, good Absolutely. Luck. It'll be fun. Looking forward to it. Me too. That was great. I actually like a little bit of what he's saying. I don't know if it happens as far as the in the second half, the defenses get tired, they get worn out. Um, I guess I would point out that might help Chase Young, right? A guy who takes plays off. At least he'll be uh, healthy and fresh in the fourth quarter, right? Yeah. <laughs> and Chris Jones might do a little bit of that too, you know, save, save some juice to be the closer there down the stretch. Uh, I just don't know what to think about this game. But – 
my gut says, you and I haven't talked about it yet. Spagnolo has just been on an absolute tear. And he had faced Lamar a few times in the regular season, but never in the postseason. And I think he, the way the Chiefs are oriented, they're not going to throw, of course, they're going to try to win every week, but they're not going to throw everything but the kitchen sink at anybody until they get to the postseason. That is just how they roll now. And they threw some stuff at uh, Lamar Jackson and had him in the torture chamber. I mean, he was just not prepared for that. And if he's not prepared for that at this juncture, now maybe part of that's Todd Munkin, but Todd Munkin's no, their offensive coordinator. He's no stranger to big games, right? So I know Kyle Shanahan has been in these moments time and time again, but he can't get out there and do it for for Brock Purdy himself, right? Uh, I will say he galaxy brain here. A man who has seen ghosts is the backup quarterback, Sam Darnold. Remember the famous quote, he was out there seeing ghosts. Well, Spags is going to make Brock Purdy see ghosts, but Sam Darnold will be like, hey, I know what to do. I've been in this situation. I will. I, if you see Casper, he ain't friendly. He's not friendly. Don't throw Casper the ball. So Sam Darnold should hopefully have some good advice when uh, Brock Purdy is seen, said ghosts. I will say you can be a great processor. Hard to process when you're on your back. Like, I, I think Brock Purdy's a good quarterback, not disagreeing. I think people who think he's atrocious or only it's the team by itself carrying him, I think that's far-fetched. I think you're not giving him enough credit. And again, he's very solid running the football, a lot better uh, and more athletic than I think people give him credit for. But end of the day, both of these two defenses – as he was pointing out, get better in the second half. The Chiefs defense in particular has been better in the second half all season long. Um, I expect a low-scoring game. Uh, I think the same thing happens where the Chiefs might start off quick. I don't see the 49ers getting to over 20. Uh, I know everyone probably wants a shootout. I know America's wanting to see that 34-31 game. I'm sure that he's uh, uh, hoping happens. But I'm seeing something a little more lower scoring. I'm seeing a game where the Chiefs defense throws a lot at Brock Purdy. I see a game plan where the Chiefs try and be very effective with Isaiah Pacheco on the ground, running at Chase Young, running at Nick Bosa. Maybe we do see McCole Hardman. Pray, pray he doesn't fumble, get the ball on an end around, you know, really try and go horizontal on a very talented, but again, underperforming 49ers defense. That is more or less what I'm seeing in this game. A lot to unpack there, starting with, I think you're saying Sam Darnold, paranormal expert. You basically called him a ghostbuster. Oh, he is. He, he was he was on the, the squad. He, he you didn't recognize him, but uh, he was in the last movie. He's an alternate maybe or something. <laughs> uh, and then Brock Purdy, I'll give him this. He has a bit of an improvisational gene that Jimmy Garoppolo just ne flat out never had. I saw some things last week where he needed to get a bucket out of structure and he was doing it. He was doing it. I didn't know he had that in, in his game. It's like the Shaq me uh, meme. I apologize or whatever. Uh, but you know, I think he's going to be outclassed by Mahomes. And then you talk about the chief's defense they are like a real-time algorithm where they sometimes teams do some things early on, but they kind of solve these problems as the game goes on and just get better and better and, and seem to limit explosive plays. That that is what that's their hallmark. Now, last week, a little bit more explosive plays than you'd like. Nelson Aguilar had a big catch, uh, a couple from Zay Flowers. Lamar had 
a couple of the biggest runs to quarterbacks that the Chiefs had surrendered all year long. So that's a bit of a worry when you're, I mean, again, this arsenal uh, is just awesome. Christian McCaffrey, Debo, Kittle. We've seen two of those guys before, but we haven't seen CMC and Brandon Ayuk, who, uh, hell of a catch. I mean, also very, very damn lucky. I, I do feel like the 49ers are a little lucky to be in this position. But every team has to have luck, right? I mean, every team has luck at some point. Whether it's a missed field goal, whether for again the Bills making the playoffs with Kadarius Tony lining up offside. Like, if we're being honest now, luck always plays somewhat of a factor. It's in any sport. It's in any sport. Yeah. These guys on all all the teams have so much talent. They've been training for this their entire lives. One thing breaks their way. Um you know, I mean, to an extent, not luck. It was a great play by Legereus Snead, but how often is that going to get fumbled by Zay Flowers to the end zone? He held it with two hands. You know, McCall Hartman was an inch away from being down last game, but he fumbled to the end zone. Like, like there's always going to be a little element of uh, it's a game of inches. That's what it comes down to. It's a game of inches. Yeah. And my big, one of my big worries here, or one of the things I'm wondering, not worries, Last year with the Eagles, you saw Andy Reid go to that, like, what do we want to call it? A, a, a jet motion reverse that he saw kind of the Jaguars exposed the Eagles early in the season. And he kind of hung on to that. And I wonder if he's seen some kind of flaw in the 49ers defense that he's been hanging around. I mean, it, it's no secret that the 49ers were going to be one of the teams with the clearest path to the Super Bowl. So I'm sure they've been kind of thinking about that a little bit throughout the course of the season in case that was their uh, eventual opponent. Yeah. Uh, I like E40, but sorry. I like the hyphy music, but sorry. It's Tech 9 season, baby. Uh, Kansas City wins this game. Um, I, I thought the Ravens were the toughest test for Kansas City. I thought that the Ravens were a bad matchup for the Kansas City Chiefs. Quite frankly, I again, the Niners are a good team. I'm, I'm not trying to dis- discount or discredit what they've done. I think the Chiefs line up very well. They match up very well against the 49ers. Um, you know, he's talking about how the Niners defense is opportunistic. This bend don't break. Yeah, that's great and all, but Mahomes has had zero. Talking to Seth Kaiser, zero turnover-worthy plays in the playoffs. That's through three, uh, through three games. Mahomes has not put the ball in harm's way. So as great as the uh, Niners are at forcing turnovers, there have to be opportunities for them to make. They won't get those opportunities. Um, you know, as great as the Niners' pass rush is, Mahomes and his offensive line is doing their best right now. I mean, the offensive line and the tackles are playing their best football. Mahomes does not get sacked. He's a wizard back there. I mean, every single one of the Niners' strengths is getting neutralized by Kansas City. There's not one particular matchup I look at and say, you know what, the Chiefs are going to have outside of CMC. Again, yeah, outside I was, was going to say him on our safeties and linebackers. But, <laughs> but but again, as great as he is, it's one running back against again a overall fantastic tackling team. I don't mm-hmm. see a massive advantage for the Niners in any real spot against the Ravens. You can make the case that they had the advantage at so many different areas. You can't make that for the Niners. I love the Chiefs' opportunity. I love this matchup. I think the Chiefs get it done. I'll, I'll find uh, later in this week my score prediction, all that stuff. But, man, I, I think this is a good matchup overall for Kansas City. 
maybe the other matchup is Trent Williams against Mike Dana. Uh, Charles Aminahue was awesome last week, had one of the biggest plays of the game. You knew I was going to mention my guy. I'm a little heartbroken that him and Tooney, two of the guys I've been riding hardest for all year, are, are probably not going to be available. I don't know what Tooney's status is as of today, but I, I'm kind of feeling like his status is shaky. Uh, I'm with you. I think the Chiefs are going to win. This team gets compared now to the the Patriots, but I see more Chicago Bulls. I see the three superstars. You know, you got you got your your Rodman and Chris Jones. You got your Pippen and Kelsey, and you got your Michael Jordan and Mahomes. And then you have the two coaches. You have Tex Winter and the Zen Master oh, yeah. Phil Jackson, which would be triangle uh, offense, baby. Yeah, tri- Tex tri- Winter. Totally. And and that's Spags and the Zen master is Andy Reid. And I grew up during that and it just felt like they were inevitable. It was destiny. They okay. were just going to get it done. And, and you know, until proven uh, further proven otherwise, Patrick Mahomes is the NFL's Michael Jordan. So I think Travis Kelsey in this scenario is Dennis Rodman because they're both very eccentric, right? I think that's probably the case you make. Uh, Unless you want to go defense, defense, Chris Jones, Dennis Rodman. Scottie Pippen is Travis Kelsey. Mahomes is Michael Jordan. Who's Horace Grant? Well, that was a different iteration. Well, a little bit, little bit later on, but who's Horace Grant? Who's Tony Kukoc in this one? That was early. Oh, Tony Kukoc would probably be uh, the next guy right now is LeJarrius Sneed. Okay, he's Legarius. Uh, who's Steve Kerr? Is it MVS who comes up with clutch plays in the playoffs? Like, is, is that Steve Kerr in this situation here? It might be. I mean, yeah, the surprise clutch playoff performer that you wouldn't expect from just kind of talking about him, looking at him. I think that is a Ron Harper was later on, right? Ron Harper. Ron was Harper the... was on the. Ron Harper was on the second iteration. I think the first one was. Horace Grant, B.J. Armstrong, Ooh, yeah. uh, Will Purdue. Yeah, baby, I love me some Bill Horace Cartwright. Grant. You know, dude, oh, dude, those elbows were vicious. Bill, if you got hit by a Bill Cartwright elbow, you're you're into another dimension right there. And oh God, what, what was that guy? Um, ah, he he Horrible free throws too. He tragically him. died by uh, Daylay. God, what was his name? I'm totally blanking on it. Played some center. Mm. And, he, and then they had Luke Longley. Yeah. Right? The the, the Aussie center. Um, so I think we're – we even wear red. We're in the Midwest. You know what I mean? Like – back to the 86 Celtics now. Okay, we're going back to this team. I think Scott Wedman right here. By the way, he's my, he my AAU basketball coach. So I, Oh, really? Yeah, I was a big Lakers guy and Sixers guy growing up. So I got to see his rings and I always be like, you know, I'm a Lakers guy. Then I look back and I'm like – that was pretty badass. Those were like legit NBA championship ranks. They're really cool. Yeah. Unfortunately, I was a Pacers guy. So I really feel for Josh Allen, who's kind of kind of the, the Reggie Miller of the AFC. Fourth quarter. Joke. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's uh it's tough being around in the same conference as some in the same league, but in the same conferences as Mahomes. Uh, that's why when people have been saying that I've heard this a bunch that the lions probably don't have as good of a shot to get back as the Ravens. And I'm like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens have to go through a gauntlet of quarterbacks, the NFC. I don't even know who the best quarterback in the NFC is. Mm -hmm. And also how many quarterbacks do you go through in the, in the AFC before you get to 
the first NFC one when you're looking at the hierarchy of quarterbacks in the league? I mean, do they have any of the top six? Do they have any of the top seven? I mean, maybe Jalen Hurts. I, I think Matt Stafford's a very underrated quarterback now at this sure. point. I think I think people take him out because of the injuries, but he carried the Rams this year. He really was a, a good player. Special um, arm talent, right? Yeah. Well, Jordan Love is, is and Brock Purdy are rising, and but but Dak, you know, is disappointing in the playoffs. I think the Bengals might be, or the Bills might be, the like early two thousands Nets with like Jason Kidd and Vince Carter and Kenyon Martin and Keith uh, Keith Van Horn with those long socks. Um, Kerry Kittle's on that squad. We're like, wow, look at all this talent. But what happens? You got to pay the piper. You got to pay him. Yeah, can't keep them all, baby. You run into, uh, yeah, that, that's a good comparison. You know, you've got Shaq and Kobe, and then. Chris Jones, the closer, he's Robert Ori. You know, he's, he's Robert just, Ori, baby. He's saving it for the final minutes of the game. And Who's Vladimir Rodmanovich in this scenario, or Chris oh. Mim. When, when we get past, you know that that era. Oh God, who is? Don't you dude? start talking old NBA with who me? Who's the dude I'll from Stanford? Uh, Madsen, you know, <laughs> Ryan Madsen, yeah, Mad Dog Madsen. Was it Mike or or it was Mike Ryan Madsen? Oh, was it Mike Madsen? I think it's Mike. Ryan Madsen, Madsen was the pitcher. I think it's Mike Mad Dog Madsen. You know, yeah, you just see go. him. He never plays, but he's just like ferocious on the sidelines. So, mm. well, even I the fact talk, that no, I want to talk more NBA with you. Who's I, Luke Ridnour? Who's Luke Ridnour and Richard Lewis and Ray Lewis or Ray uh, Ray Allen in this scenario with the, with the Seattle SuperSonics? I'm just so scattered now, and 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 my favorite Seattle team was. Uh, <laughs> You know, uh, the Rain Man, Sean Kemp and and Gary Payton and Nate McMillan. Oh, yeah. I loved I loved that squad. But just the fact that we're comparing the Chiefs to the Lakers dynasty, the Bulls dynasty, you know, this is the good place. I never thought we'd be here in a million years. And I know the rest of the league is real mad and people are mad and, and sick of us and sick of uh, Taylor Swift. But we've been through hell to get here. So sorry, but we're going to soak it all in. We're going to live it up. We're going to, you know, we're going to beat our, thump our chest a little bit. It's our time. Mm -hmm. Oh, baby. Ah. And to put in perspective of why everyone, especially in the AFC, is so angry and why the Chiefs make the perfect villains, Tom Brady was the guy. The Patriots were the team for so long. That bleep played until he was 45. That guy was old, and you're sitting here going, okay, maybe when he's like late 30s, we'll finally get another opportunity. Another team can win some here. We'll finally get some other teams an opportunity to win some championships, right? That's what it mm -hmm. came down to. They're finally, finally, finally. Then he played until he was 45, but there was no cooling off period. That's why everyone liked Kansas City because that first Super Bowl was like, okay, cool. The Chiefs won one. It's now the Patriots. Finally, we have something new. It's going to be a stretch where everyone can get in, get involved, and they'll all get one. But it didn't happen. The baton was grasped. It, was, it wasn't just handed to the Chiefs from the Patriots. It was grabbed by the Chiefs. They stole it. They took it from the Patriots, and they ran with it. It went from, uh, I'm, I'm not really good, Usain Bolt to Usain Bolt yet again. There was no one in there who was running a 10.5. They were all 9.9s. So you're sitting here just going, I understand where the AFC is coming from. They never had a chance. There was never an opportunity for them. So now they're sitting back going, yeah, I do hate them. When's our turn going to happen? When is it going to be us? It's been 30 years now. Well, you might be waiting another 15. Yeah, there was no intermission. So, and also Tom Brady, another dad bod hero, 
gotta gotta respect the hustle there right yeah yeah well the two of us could talk nba and go on tangents all day but we're gonna get you guys out of here because we've been here for an hour now and that's that's about our limit props to our chat we appreciate you you always bring it please mash the like button if you haven't and and subscribe our 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 follower account is just rocketing right now and we thank you so much for your support AudioPod listeners consider giving us a five-star apple or spotify review that always helps and and actually i will not be on the show next week we won't have a wacky wednesday at our normal time because sterling will be in vegas and uh i believe i'm on at, at 3 p.m central next week but we will have tons of content for you non-stop content we'll all be around and we're gonna go out and win this thing but until then go chiefs wally zerbiak Thank you.